Side of Soul Podcast. This is Joe. And this is Sean. Am I going to sing? Am I going to sing? <laughs> Happy Please birthday don't. to us. All right. <laughs> sing a juka hamdida. <laughs> it is our birthday. You can't really tell. I was a voice. I started out as a voice major at university. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is. It is our, it is our birthday. Dark Side of Soul is the podcast is one year old this week, and we have a little bit of a specialness because it's like the only time we'll ever have to talk about something like this, which will be we're gonna talk a bit about birthdays in Korean culture. Now that that sounds like a very well, it sounds a little bit duller than true crime and ghosts <laughs> yeah ghosts and and crazy monarchs raping <laughs> and pillaging the country yeah. um we're gonna talk about birthdays but we got a lot we got a lot yeah, to those, talk about yeah birthdays are everywhere they're ubiquitous they're part of every culture but we got Just about. We, we got some folklore we got some ghosts we got some stuff going on with birthdays yeah, and mystical birthdays and mm. you know, kind of stuff. Yeah, there's actually a lot to talk about that's really interesting. Yeah, I think if you really if you really delve into a lot of cultures and look into how they celebrate birthdays, mm-hmm. especially special birthdays like the first birthday or which elderly birthday they consider to be really important or sweet sixteens, right? Things like that, coming 21. of age birthdays, twenty one, right? One, yeah. Um, uh, 21 not so 21 not 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 such a big deal in canada because we can drink when we're yeah 18, it's only it's only in america yeah only in america and even then it's just it's just a formality because a lot of people right. already been it's, drinking anyway <laughs> exactly yeah so but yeah no it's interesting a lot of the cultural traditions and norms of birthdays uh, a lot like you said a lot more interesting than it sounds yeah mm-hmm. so yeah, to start things off. Well, also, okay, I'm just going to leave off the show. If, if you if just make sure to follow us on uh, Facebook. It's uh, Dark Side of Soul on Facebook, Dark Side of Soul on Twitter. Dark, we're on Instagram. Facebook. I said Facebook. I said Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Getting old, see? My yeah, but get on with this. We have actually. We have, it is my it is my birthday weekend. My actually, it's my actual birthday weekend. <laughs> I just I just realized. There we go. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it just yeah. it just comes up on you. And okay, are you at the age now where you have to do math to try to figure out what age you're going to turn into? No, because I was born in '79, so it's really easy to calculate. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm always have to sit back and like I I forget what 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 I'm what age I'm turning into. Uh, because yeah yeah. i find if you're born on on a decade if you're born like in 70 or 80 it's really easy to know how old you are yeah but all i have to do is think 79 and then no it's just just all the years are such a blur i don't know what age i am i forget what age i am right all the time it's like when you forget what day of the week it is (laughs) 
yeah i don't know mm. that's where well we're going to start off with a little bit of stats because it has been one year for us mm-hmm. um we 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 have this is our 53rd episode <gasps> surprise you think it would be 52 but it is right. 53 the reason is when we first started we did like a pilot and then we did a first official episode right after that on the same week. So we did two episodes in our first week. And Joe and I were like last week thinking, why the hell are we at 53? Yeah. What's going on here? Did we do two? And we're like, and then Joe figured it out. He's like, no, we did that first episode yeah. where my sound quality is really bad because my, my mic took a you, dump. You didn't, well, <laughs> you didn't have a good mic back then. Yeah. No, I had the you you loaned me that uh, the snowball. Oh, you loan I loaned you the snowball. Yeah. Right. A very and old it, It's funny, it's yeah. a very old snowball that I I borrowed from I uh, no, I don't think that that's actually the original snowball from the Soul podcast from years ago, but the mm. other one I have two snowballs. The other snowball I bought on Craigslist from the host of another Korean podcast, the Korean <laughs> History podcast, which I I don't know if he's still going on, but it was really good. It was really, really good. Um, uh, we we grew fairly well, I would say. Health, we had steady, healthy growth, especially for such a niche podcast as us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we now have a total of seventeen thousand three hundred downloads. That's that's one of those numbers that's just kind of like am, am, ambiguous to me. I'm like, well, okay, how many is that? <laughs> Can't. Right, you got to break it down per episode. You got to really like break many, it down. Yeah, it's over. It's like three hundred and what, like three hundred and thirty, thirty, three hundred fifty or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's average. An average. That's average because we yeah. have some that are really big. Yeah. Yes. But I do watch, and they have been steadily growing. The episode watches have been steadily growing. Hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's our most? What's our most popular download? The our most popular uh, episode. The Chodu Soon, by <gasps> far. Chodu Soon, yes. one of our true crime episodes. Candle too soon. <laughs> um, Chodu Soon uh, was the the uh, rapist that was released into the wild, into the public last year, December two twenty twenty. Yeah. yeah, creature. Yeah, he. Yeah, really recommended if you haven't listened to, the, to that episode have a have a listen go back and find it yeah it was a tough uh, one it was a tough one. yeah he he raped a young girl but we talk about uh the korean court system and why how yeah the history of people getting away with this and up until mm-hmm. that point right yeah. yeah yeah pretty bad and still there's a lot of people are still getting away with sex crimes i'm way too way way too easily i want to explore this a lot more i've i've just secured a new some new reading material that goes really deep into um, uh, the the legal position of women mm. in twentieth century Korea uh, from the Chosun Dynasty up until the colonial days. And oh, interesting. Okay, let's chat about super, that later. Yeah. It's super interesting. I sent mm. you a link. Uh, okay. Well, you I found you it. did. You yeah, did send me a link. Yeah, I sent you a link. It was oh, one of our okay. group chats. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, oh, okay. No, I know. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. I do know the it's, which one you said. Which it's super interesting. Yeah. Really super yeah. interesting. It's, it's starting to, I wouldn't say change my thoughts, but helping me um, 
get more nuanced and more informed thoughts on things like like you never you get an instinct about something and you're like uh, okay that makes more sense uh, right. it's like i feel it's this way but i don't have any proof and then it's not really proof to 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 reaffirm my opinions it is just making my opinions a lot more nuanced and informed and it's 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 taking me down other areas it's making me come with uh, i'm having a lot more aha moments eureka moments like things new connections i'm making a lot a lot of more longer connections which is why i'm saying like this this book that really takes place in colonial korea has ramifications into the 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 laxity of rape culture of ra- rape in in the Korean court system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. Yeah, nasty stuff. So, yeah, and then th- that's a that's a topic that infuriates people and they want to know more, so that's I guess that's one of the the main reasons that the the Chodusun episode was the most downloaded. Yeah. It's like almost a yeah, quite it was a, a almost a thousand I think downloads on that. Yeah. Up until now. Yeah. yeah. So um so so sean what was your favorite episode (laughs) um yeah it's a bit hard to really pinpoint it i know which one is not my favorite and it's the first one (laughs) what is the dark side of soul it's because my mic was crap it was it was a uh, yeah it was a pilot yeah yeah um but that that's still it's got a up until now it's a year on and that's had quite a few downloads in in the past year um uh but i think some of my favorite i really like the exorcism episode you actually you really were to research that one well yeah yeah the two-parter uh that was a lot of fun um i i I like the the breakdown of that where the first part focuses more on uh korean traditions of exorcism exorcism within korean folk religion and then the the kind of the influx of christian exorcisms that happened at the end of the chosun dynasty and then the second part was more modern modern exorcisms uh, yeah and yeah that one was that one was really good um if you've watched minari that's that that that, that that's kind of significant what that, oh really yeah yeah uh, um i was just mentioning this on soul podcast our sister podcast mm-hmm. um that uh i could talk about minari and not really spoil anything because it's not really that kind of movie where there's not there's not like giant mysteries and plot points mm-hmm. to spoil it's kind mm-hmm. of similar in my opinion a little similar to lost in translation in the sense that um like if you've seen lost in translation can you can you really name when the climax of the movie was and the rising yeah. action and the denouement? It's like, eh, it doesn't really it's a follow character that. Study. Yeah. It's a character study more than that. Minari is kind of the same way too. There is like a, there is like a heavy part that you know is kind of the climax, but it's, then you find out the movie's not about what you thought it was about. The, 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 the arcs are not where you think in the arcs were. And when you think it's about, about exorcism, no, no, but, but the, the, <laughs> The point is that you can talk about stuff that happens in the movie, and it doesn't really spoil it for you. It's, I see. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, there is an ex- there is an attempted exorcism. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah. and that just made, but it wasn't a Korean exorcism, but it was a oh, Korean. Okay. Who, it was a Korean who wanted the exorcism. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah. Well, that's kind of like the second part of of our exorcism episodes. Um, yeah. So that one, I really, I, I, that one was was interesting because it had a lot of the. I liked how there was a link between the the history and and uh, the modern, and then the Korean and the Western, uh, kind of all of that blending together. So mm. that was one of my favorites. I re- also really liked one of our more recent ones, the Korean folktale types. Yeah, that's very recent. Yeah, and that that was yeah. a, that that became one of our uh, popular episodes. It's one of our more popular episodes. Yes, um, I do know people from different folklore study groups. Yeah, who, and who downloaded it? Who listened really? to it? Do you guys yeah. fight? <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't fight, man. Too lazy to fight. It's a folklorist fight, and you like you Folklore. like you like to use finish him. Yeah, archaic folklore terms. <laughs> right, smite him with this pitchfork. <laughs> um, but yeah, that did end up. Yeah, I got a lot of downloads. That was really good. I think the um, I think I don't want to say the most important, but maybe. The, the really the most difficult was the sorry Jungin episode yeah and that was that's our second most downloaded yeah that is yeah, yeah. Almost, a true crime is just almost guaranteed yeah to be to 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 get because true crime is a popular genre yeah um and i will say right offhand the true crime ones are the toughest ones for me to do yeah. Anything that involves a child being harmed mm-hmm. is very difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, those are those are my favorites. I like, I, you know, I think I think all of our episodes have a ton to offer. Uh, the interview we did with uh, Jane. Oh Jane was yeah, really good. Yeah, the interview yeah. with the shaman. Oh, she was great. Uh, yeah, and, and John, uh, John. John Dunbar. Doing- doing the the history the rise and fall of Hongdae. yeah that's another popular episode mm-hmm. yeah yes right a lot of people commented on that when we would when we posted about it yeah uh on, on like facebook and stuff people was like oh i remember this that club and all this kind of stuff. i remember makali man <laughs> yeah i remember so. this i remember this like it was yesterday oh it right was. <laughs> yeah how about you um favorites yeah, I liked. Uh, I tend to like episodes that made well. Okay, so so it gave me excuses to go down rabbit holes hmm. and finally get definitive answers on a, a bunch of urban legends I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that have been nagging at me for years. For one thing, I mean, I, I got interested in Korea because I took a couple of Korean history courses at university. Right. Got really into it. But you know how you are in school. You like you you learn everything, you take your test and you forget everything. <laughs> and uh making the tour, the Dark Side of Soul tour, uh which you can book at darksideofsoul.com, uh, got me back into the history, got me researching a little bit more. And uh, and now doing this podcast has got me to actually buy some more books and crack them open, mm-hmm. learn new research techniques to to really dig down and try to find something in Korean 
uh, find sources in Korean to, to help me find out, including stuff for this episode. Um, and, uh, so, so it's, it's gotten me to really review the history a lot more. The, the Kings are a lot, the Kings are a little more defined for me. Uh, I just remember it as a big giant blur of, of, uh, dismemberments, <laughs> just nastiness and dismemberments. Good. And it still is, but yeah. now, now I'm able to distinguish different, different, uh, eras a lot better mm-hmm. and connections about how this led to this, how this led to this. And a lot of this, the more I'm reviewing, it makes me see more clearly the subtext for a lot of what South Korea and North Korea do today right. helps me a lot. Um, now some personal ones I, I was talking about some urban legends was Korean Disneyland. I loved, that. I loved finally researching that episode, finally researching what the heck happened to this rumor. I keep hearing around, around the bars at Broughton's club and stuff that, that Korea almost got a Disneyland where Seoul grand park is now and around where the LH scandal land is <laughs> as well. There's a current scandal going on in Korea and involves the LH LH. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The profiteering scandal, profiteering yeah. scandal of, of land. And it's, it's a government employees found out uh, they, they knew that they that the, the government was planning to build some special zones. And so they went and bought the land in that area so they can profit off of that before it was announced. Yeah. That's speculating. Bastards. That's what got Martha Stewart in prison. That's right. Land speculation. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty nasty considering that land real estate is such a, such a a troublesome topic here an issue. People just having so much trouble. There are are two topics where you can get Koreans. You can get, you can do, you can get away with so many things in, in the Korean news in the Korean public sphere. Uh, a lot of crooked things you can get away with in some in ways, and you'll always find someone to forgive you, except for two things, land and education. <laughs> Anytime yeah, you find someone point. cheating on any of those things, on mm. property and uh, real estate and education, because those are the two things that are really hard to get right, get here. Um, well, everyone's competing for. Those are the two things everyone's right. competing for, and they're the two things everyone thinks that the gold spoons have the advantage on unfair advantage on by far. Sure. Wealth begets wealth, Mm. you know, things like that. Yep. Yeah. Um, so also the 2011 landslide, because I personally Mm. was in that landslide. Right. Right. Wanted to know what the aftermath and what caused it. I wanted to get all that in there. Um, I'd always heard about this bridge that was blown up at the beginning of the Korean war trying to figure out which bridge it was and why. Um, and I also really just like the land, the, the landmark episodes, the ones where we go over different landmarks, like the 11 haunted, mm-hmm. most haunted places in Seoul and mm-hmm. eight weird landmarks. I like those a lot. They, they get to, mm-hmm. um, they get me to really appreciate the city a lot more. And that's another reason I tell that a lot of times on the tour when we have a little um, gap as I talk about how much I love doing the tour because it makes me fall in love with the city again. Hmm. And I like doing those episodes. It makes me fall in love with Seoul again. I mean, minus the Trump Towers. It makes me fall in love with Seoul. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, we've had a ton. Yeah. So if, if, for kind of our longtime listeners, um, send us a message and let us know which episode was your favorite. Yeah. Which one, which one's uh, Facebook or Instagram, wherever you follow us. Yeah. Let us know uh, which, which episode in the last year was your favorite. Yeah. I'd love to hear from you. Mm. Love to do that. And uh, so speaking of birthdays. Yeah. We were speaking of birthdays at one point. <laughs> but 10 and minutes now ago. Now we're doing it again. Yeah. 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 So uh, cultures, they have birthdays. Lots of birth. Yep. Yep. And in uh, Korea, we, we celebrate birthdays in Korea. We, we have birthdays in Korea. Can yeah. you believe it? Yeah. We do. Yeah. It's like we have igloos in Canada and we have, we have birthdays in Korea. We also have four seasons in Korea. That's right. That's right. We have four seasons in Canada. It's just that six months and six months of it is, you know, winter it's, is just six months long. And Seoul has eight colors. <laughs> okay. So anyway, yeah. There's a no, that's a serious thing. Seoul has eight colors. That's a serious thing. They announced. Really? Yeah, years ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't remember that. We have, okay. we have eight official colors. Okay. We'll chat later about that. <laughs> but yeah, so birthdays of course being part of culture and whatnot. And then, of course, they, there are big birthdays that are related to religion that everyone celebrates at some point. Um, and not, not everyone, but uh, the two big ones that Koreans celebrate and we have national holidays for is uh, Buddha's birthday. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, Jesus's birthday, JC's birthday. So, Christmas. Christmas. So, so I call it Christmas and Buddhamus. Buddhamus. Yeah. So we have two, those are the two big uh, birthday holidays. I should point out, because I know we'll have some nitpickers, Jesus's birthday observed. Yes, right. Fine. This Buddha as well. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah. So it's the advent of Buddha. Like when, you, when, you, when you break it, break it down, okay. the coming of Buddha, although we don't, we don't, I don't think we exactly know when he was born, though he was a prince, so... There probably was some record at some point, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not exactly certain. But something that's a little bit more interesting, I think, uh, is the Sengshinje. And the Sengshinje is a celebration of the birthdays of your ancestors. And Seng is like, means life, birth, fresh. But yeah. In Seng, life. That's life, right. Yeah. Life. Like mm-hmm. Sengil is life day. Right. Sengil is right. birthday. Yeah. 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 So. And then Sengshin J, J is Shin is spirit, and J means uh, ritual or observance, right? Mm-hmm. R-I-T-E, right. So, yeah, uh, there were at certain points, there's still maybe some people today who celebrate Sengshin J. Uh, I'd assume that most people in Seoul don't because even things like um, the Chesa and a lot of those other traditional rituals of honoring the dead are slowly disappearing mm. in Seoul area. A lot of people don't do them anymore. They don't. Um, and they, they even just hire people to clean the graves of their ancestors now. They don't do them don't do it themselves. Uh, that's spoiled. becoming yeah, it's becoming a common thing. And it's not because of the observance of the ancestors. I think it's more along the lines of people getting sick and tired of the traditions. Yeah. So, so they are actively changing their heritage. They're feeling they're so. feeling the traditions are hollow. There's not as much meaning in them. Yeah, and, but, and like women, women are pissed off with 
having that to cook too. and clean everything. True. And, and we're also, we're, I think we're moving away from an ancestor worshiping society. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's definitely... Now, it still exists, of course. So there could be people who celebrate the sanctioned J, but that's interesting. Celebrating the birthday of your dead ancestors. Um, but um, uh, it would only be for ancestors who you also have Chesa for. Mm -hmm. So, like, a more, more recently, uh, like, n not going too far back in generations. So that's one birthday folk tradition in Korea. Mm -hmm. um, but actual births, there are a lot of folk traditions surrounding births and uh, days, so many days after births and things like yes, that. Yes, yes. So uh, the delivery, the delivery of a child, there's a lot surrounded surrounding that. Of course, because in times past, in all cultures and in your culture and mine and everyone who's listening, our ancestors would have been very concerned about giving birth because mm -hmm. there was, you know, uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, death of the children, of the babies, and the mothers were in danger right. as well. So, um, so there were a lot of folk traditions set up to prevent death, and a lot of the ideas may have been that evil may be trying to get at the baby or get at the mother because they're weak and in a lot of ideas in certain times they may have been considered impure uh this is the older the older uh thinking the older folk traditions and thoughts behind birth so um some of the things that would be done in different parts of korea in the past would be during delivery red peppers yeah. and pine bows the boughs, sorry, the, the boughs of trees, I should say, pine, pine boughs, boughs, the boughs yeah. of trees would be hung uh, to ward off evil. And they'd especially be hung along the door of the, the room door, where the baby... Not the corners. Because the, no, 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 along the door. Well, it, it would could be in different... See, regionally, it might be different, right? It might be like so, on the north, south, east, and west too, right? That's right. The positioning is very important. Again, that's all regional, so... Um, but hanging those things, there would have been a rope that would be drawn across, uh, especially the door, and they would hang the red peppers mm -hmm. and the, the pine pine boughs to ward off evil. Um, so that was one thing that they would do. And then they would also, in order to pray for an easy delivery in terms of uh, lessening the pain of the mother and the baby, because baby, when babies are being born, uh, you know, they very likely experience pain as well and discomfort and complete shock. Mm -hmm. So uh, we all experience that, but I guess in a lot of ways, we're lucky that we don't remember it. Uh, yeah. So just think how completely terrifying that would be. Um, yeah. uh, the, the the process of, of being born. The trauma. So, yeah. So, so to ease this, they would hang red ribbons uh, around the, the room where the baby's being born, and they would scatter soil, especially soil that had a yellowish color. Uh-huh. That would be scattered around, and the idea would be it would help for the uh, the process of easy delivery. Yeah, they did that so, at our hospital, yeah. <laughs> whip some yellow soil on, no, on the floor. No, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, those are some of the, the, uh, the traditions that were done at the time of birth or the time yes the time of delivery mm -hmm. of birth yeah 
but what about some of the days there are certain well, days there are certain days uh because mm -hmm. there were a high infant mortality rate uh mm -hmm. they it was it was a big there were little milestones if you lived past this this point you're doing okay you're doing better than others it's like this race where everyone's all these are all these all these all these runners are dropping out early in the race. <laughs> if oh you made, my. It, <laughs> made it this far. Yeah, so there is the there is the hundred days. There are these two gobi. There's the uh, first gobi, which is uh one hundred days. Um and uh, did you do a did you do a hundred days? Yep. Sure you did. did. You yep. did? Was how formal was it? Uh handbook. And uh, yeah, yeah, we had a big screen and the, the proper, uh, the proper setup. You yep. did that. We just did it loosely, mm. <laughs> just very loosely. So you're supposed to mm. get uh, duck um, rice cakes, and there are mm -hmm. different types of duck. Um, and if you ever had the rice cakes, there there's the rice cakes that look like cake, a very dense cake, and there are the other ones that yes. look like gumballs, mm -hmm. rolled balls of dough uh donut holes almost um the chewy kind um so you're supposed to the tradition is you're supposed to give out 100 duck because 100 days so 100 duck must be given to 100 people in order for the child to live 100 years mm -hmm. yeah uh it also helps that the child is wearing clothes made from 100 pieces from 100 homes. Wow. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't hear that before. But that, uh, that really pins point how important uh, community was. Yeah. Whenever there's a gathering of material or ingredients or food from homes, it's like the Ogokbap. When you have yep. different different rituals to to uh, remove evil spirits that are causing disease, yep. you would gather the five grains from five different homes. Ogok, five the ogok five grains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the uh, the whole point of that is to strengthen community. Very important in times past. Something that's tragically really lost. I think in modern. You're making times. me think of another one. It's one of the earliest folk traditions I I heard of. Um, was when a boy. Uh, wet his bed and he's supposed to uh, he's supposed to go around and, and early in the morning right at sun up supposed to knock on all the neighbors doors and beg for rice <laughs> I think you told me that before yeah and I yeah. hadn't heard of that yeah that's fascinating yeah. <laughs> I like that little no it was really because because um, uh, there, there, there's a scene in Minari that involves that and my daughter Gian oh really like oh my god he's gonna have to go out and do because <laughs> you saw that what was happening so, oh no oh, poor kid that's funny um, so, but when you are handing handing out your, your dock um, do not hand it out to beggars because mm. that would that would mean that your fortunes will go down you want to hand it to higher people because because there's there's spirit this dock is for spirits any any food for a ritual is spirit food mm. um because uh, spirits cannot attach themselves to everyday food, so they're they're there for they only eat the uh, the 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 ritual food, which is why you should also not give any ritual foods to children. So don't give children the duck 
for the 100 days because uh, the, the spirits could harm the children. Mm-hmm. That's, I found that one interesting. Yeah. Um, there are different types of dog uh, that f- perform different uh, functions. Uh, the most popular one you know is the Bexolgi, Bek which is the cake-shaped ones that's very white. Mm-hmm. It should be flawlessly white because it represents longevity longevity divinity (laughs) pureness closer to god god godliness Mm. but uh to go along with your red peppers you should also have a red bean cake to chase away the uh evil spirits which to me always looks like it looks like a white rice cake with dirt on it (laughs) (laughs) it's (laughs) <laughs> it's, it kind of does. Or, I do like that or, stuff, or to the uninitiated, kind of get your hopes up thinking it's cocoa powder. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping. No. Oh. Certainly is not. Honestly, I don't mind that talk. I kind of like no, it. No, I don't mind. I think it's all right, too. If I know what I'm in for, I'm fine with it. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. when red bean disguises itself as chocolate, it's as bad as eating a cookie and it's raisins instead of chocolate chips. It's as bad as red bean disguising itself as ice cream. I like that. I'm one of those weirdos that likes that. You Uh, owe me a beer. I don't don't like green tea ice cream though. I don't like that either. No, it tastes like green. It tastes like green peas to me. I don't like ice cream. Mushy peas. I don't. Yeah. I don't like ice cream that tastes like vegetables, but then again, Oh, I like corn ice cream. Huh? Weird. Weird, weird. I'm inconsistent. That is weird, Joe. That's <laughs> my consistency is I'm inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, another rice cake is injolmi. This is to grow firmly. And to go with mm-hmm. your five-color thing, we have osek mm-hmm. songpyeon. So five-color songpyeon. Songpyeon is the, the dumplings that are round, kind of look like walnuts, I would say. Mm, yeah, it depends on who makes them, yeah, I guess. it depends on how you make them. They're the half moons or something, half moon. Mm, uh, some mm. of them are stuffed and some of them are not. Some of them are, are solid. And there's the, the colors are supposed to represent harmony. And somehow this all is supposed to represent a wide a wide heart. Now, you do all this. Mm. You're giving away 100 dog to 100 people because you want the child. If you do all this, all this properly, do the hokey pokey, turn yourself around, your child's supposed to live 100 years. <laughs> right that's yeah it. and that's on the 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 hundred day but you know what's interesting um traditions uh in the past would have also uh focused on the first three weeks and uh like for example so different things would happen or different taboos would be in place. Oh yeah. Yeah. For, You're not supposed to, the baby's not supposed to see other people outside the family. Right. That's right. And, the, and sometimes the mother as well. Um, and then like the taboo, you said like, don't give beggars uh, the dog uh, or to children. That's a taboo. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these things centered around uh, the first uh, a couple of months of a child's life. Yeah. I remember I was, so, I was, trying to attempt to give duck to our neighbors and stuff and my wife's like stop stop it joe you're, you're embarrassing yourself you don't have to do it it's just it's just, it's just superstition right. <laughs> we'll return to the podcast after this message get our comic book the dark side of soul weird tales from korean lore at our website darksideofsoul.com or get it at comiXology if you're in seoul Visit the Dice Latte near Huegi Station to get your copy. 
Written by me and drawn by Tim Bauer, it's 50 pages of folkloric dread. And now, back to the show. So, like the... Uh, on the third day, traditionally on the third day after birth, the mother and baby would bathe together for the first time. Oh. That'd be the first time they'd have a bath together. Together. Yes. So, of okay. course, the baby was... was was bathed in the Childbirth, once it was yeah. born, sure. So, yeah. um, but that would be the first time that they would bathe together. Uh. On the first seventh day, the baby would be given new clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's right. A certain piece of clothing, and um, and it would be encouraged to like move a part of its body, yeah. usually its hand, um, and. Uh, other things would be given new, like it might get a new blanket on the first seventh day. So at like the end of the first week of its life. On the 14th day, uh, the baby is given new clothing again. And again, encouraged to move. It's likely pooped on the other clothing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and then they will, on the 14th day, there would be a ritual table set up. So there would be a ritual all, uh, all established for a particular deity that I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit later this, in the show. This keeps making me think, and poor, poor families didn't do this. Couldn't be bothered well, by doing this. Well, poor families very likely would have done it. The commoners likely would have done it, but with uh, um, they, they, it would have been different. Like the um, the idea of community, like I said, would have been important. So getting clo- it may it wouldn't have been nice clothing. That would be nice. right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. It just would have been something. Probably would have been hemp, uh, or or something like that. Something mm-hmm. as rough as they could afford, right? Or as smooth as they could afford, even if it was rough. Yeah, like hemp. It wasn't like the children in the nobility or the or the aristocracy, of course. Um, and then the third seventh day, so the twenty first day. Which is called the Samchil Il, the third three seven Il, three, the seven third day. Samchil Il. Yeah, so three, so the third seventh day, twenty uh, first day. How about that? The twenty first day. Yep, the twenty first <sighs> day. That's right. Already, so. the kid isn't even twenty one days old and it has to do multiplication. <laughs> so then there's there's also uh, a ritual table set up, and then uh, uh, the the mother eats from the table and. And things like that. So it's all it's all related to uh, the growth of the baby. Some uh-huh. these different elements, and especially giving offerings to, like I said, a deity that I'm going to talk about in a few minutes. A very important uh, shamanic and folk deity uh, to child rearing. I guess it's not the Easter Bunny. It is not. It is not the Easter Bunny. Okay. So we can talk about, you know what? I didn't even write many notes because I think I just kind of knew everything. Our, our, I found the 100 days stuff so interesting. Um, yeah. We have the Dojanchi, which is what we're celebrating now. Hmm. That's right. Well, what is that? Well, that's the one year. That's right. Birthday where you turn two years old. Okay, now you're going to have to explain that for anyone who doesn't no, know. No, I can't explain it to myself. No matter how many times anyone explains this to me, I still don't get it. <laughs> this is one thing. It's like, is it just that one thing? You just, it's just, okay, I, I try everything I can. I, I, I 
try everything I can to incorporate myself in other cultures and, and accept their practices. This is the one that still baffles me and I still can't wrap my head around is how you count someone's age. And, and, and anytime I ask, say, oh, it's just so simple. You just you just do this. And it's, when, when it becomes New Year's, you become this age. So it's possible to be like three years old when you're born or something like that. And it's like, what? It's, it's well, I, yeah. So the, the breakdown for anyone who doesn't know, when, when a child is born, they're considered one. So, and, and I've heard this justification is because, you know, they were alive while they were in the womb, you know, but that, that, that was for uh, nine months. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that I, I think that's nonsense. I don't think there's any, I don't yeah. think there's so any. So when a child's born there, they're actually 0. 0.75. I don't, <laughs> I don't think any Korean in the past believed that. that I think that's just no. how they're trying to justify it to us. So we can somewhat understand the aging system through our culture. Yeah. Uh, but I'm certain there's no folkloric foundation in in that in that argument it, i don't i'm certain you're not it, counting well, the gestation period no no they're, they're just they're just counting from one so um and if you're born when you're born you're one but if you're born three months before new year's you're you're then when new year's happens and this is traditionally be the lunar new year although it should be pointed out that actually in the past koreans would age on dongji the first day of winter, not on the new year. Ah, that's an older tradition. That's wow, been that long one. gone. Yeah. So, but, um, anyway, the, on that day you, you gain a year. So you could just, you're, you're, you're in the world for three months, but you're already considered two. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for example, my daughter is still five the way we would calculate it. And the rest of the world. <laughs> the rest of the world. Um, but by Korean age, she's seven. Yeah, my daughter's 10 going, but she's 12. Mm -hmm. So yeah. confused. And so my daughter's birthday has, hasn't even happened yet. Right? So yeah. for this year. So she's not, she, she's still five, but she was born in 2015. Mm -hmm. So she'll be six. Uh, come come her birthday later this year mm -hmm. but yeah that, that's the breakdown it's it's just interesting but it that's that's changing uh the mannai is the way they calculate it like the otherwise most other places calculate it most other cultures mm -hmm. and uh, law the law recognizes mannai it doesn't recognize the cultural age system uh like for drinking uh, yeah 19, driving yeah yeah Drinking, driving, anything that requires an age restriction. A real age. Right. They, I call, I call yeah. it the real age. <laughs> this is just one part I'm just not bending. I'm not buying it. There's nothing you can do to, to try to do some math on me, mm. telling me that child was just dating. But how does, you know, but, you know, with some kids, that implies that they were just dating for two years before they were born. <laughs> that does not work. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, but it's that's that's a that's a dying culture as well. But I know a lot of Koreans who are like, yeah, let's it's archaic. Let's just get rid. It of It is that. archaic. Get rid of it. It's like unless you're a child, because no child mm, wants right. to go back. And I am twelve years old. Oh, I'm ten again. Right. They don't. They don't feel like that until they hit forty. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just one reason my daughter doesn't like to travel to America because that means she has to go down two years. 
She's talking to her yeah. cousins and friends. Right. <laughs> so, anyway. Like, Interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so, what we do on the Dojanchi. The first what, birthday. Yeah. For, what do we do? Um, uh, um, I'm trying to think of something. Well, from one, okay. From a practical point, and I had to put, I put this together. I love the kit. Uh, you could, a lot of people go to hotels or special party areas that are designed for a one year birthday party. And there, there's a special setup, a table you're supposed to create and a backdrop. Uh, and, and it has fruit and different items on the table that's supposed to symbolize different things. But not only that, you're supposed to arrange the fruit in a certain way. So that was cool because we got our, we did, we did ours at home. And they, we got a box with all the stuff in it because it's a rental. <laughs> they yeah, told us ahead of time. Well. They told us ahead of time what foods to get. So we got the foods, but they they gave us the table, the table with all the special holding places. But the, it also came with graphic instructions, like a mat, like a Lego instructions on where you're supposed to put all the fruit. Everything's <laughs> supposed to be placed on the table, mm-hmm. and that was fun. It was fun for me. It was fun putting it all together. And then we have um, our family came over. They drove in from across Korea. And we did, we did a ritual. For one thing, Gian got a piece of gold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She got a gold ring. She got a gold ring. That's supposed to be a big deal. Um, I think because it's, it's supposed to raise in value, so you keep it with you until you need it to sell it. Do you not? Sorry, just want to interject. Do you not give anything gold to a baby on their first birthday back home? No, we're heathens. <laughs> we yeah, we do. Like uh, my mother gave a, a a gold necklace. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe we could, they give we give stock. <laughs> Something like, like that. A chicken stock. You know? Well, don't know. There's one time like like I had uncles during some birthdays that said, "Oh, I bought stock in your name," or something like that, which I never. Got you saw. some Samsung SDI stock. I never saw. I never saw the stock. Right. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Or, or I, I opened a savings account in your name, something right, like that. Right, That's right, the most right. I've gotten as far as something like an investment, like a gold ring. Right. Um, then we we pose for pictures behind the table. We're all dressed up in our hanbok, traditional mm-hmm. clothes. Take pictures, and then the child chooses an item from the table. Is that, am I skipping a step here? That sounds about right. I can't remember how all the steps go. Okay. I think that I, sounds about right. Anyway. This is the fun yeah. part. This is the part I was really looking forward to because there are all these different items like a step. Well, these days, these, the, the changes as the years go by, but there's a coin, a coin or, a, or a, or a, um, money. There's money on the table. There's a, a like, a well, it looks like a judge's gavel, like a hammer. Uh, there's, there's, in our case, there was a stethoscope. Um, what else is there? String, I guess. No, I could be totally wrong. Uh, and these, these things I should have written down when I was doing my research, so I remember everything that was on the table. Um, gavel. Yeah, there's the gavel. A pen. Things brush. that children, that one-year-old would be attracted to grabbing. 
Right. And it's got so big sparkling lights on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh the 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 one year old would you encourage a one year old to grab one of these items and whatever item they grab is supposed to suggest what their future will be, like the future career or what they'll be good at. Um, our daughter went straight for the money. <laughs> Cause that's right in front of her, right? They usually put stuff like money. Right no, in front no, of the no, kid. no, it's like arm's no. Length. She went straight for the money. We didn't because wife was trying to get her to get the stethoscope. Uh, and she, she did do over. We have video of this. She went do over, do over, <laughs> try to get her to get the stethoscope again. And she went straight for the money again. It's like, just to make sure. <laughs> right. Right. All right. She's not going to be a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter got the, uh, the, the paintbrush. Oh yeah. That was one too. Yeah. She took the paintbrush and the paintbrush was kind of in the back. I remember, um, I think my wife too, because it, 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 it is kind of a, a fun thing to do. It's a you fun push things. Game. It's a yeah, pin you... the tail on the donkey type of fun <laughs> game. I yeah, you love push... it. I love it. Love it. Love it. That's my yeah, favorite you... part. I wish you could do I this think... every year on your birthday. Right. <laughs> well, you just, as you get older, you just take the money every time. It's like, yeah. All right. This game's yeah. boring now. Yeah. <laughs> Been doing this for 35 years. <laughs> Give me the money. Give me the money. I'm still, I'm still living with you, mom and dad. Yeah, but yeah, like the, the fun, the fun things. Like you put stuff that you would you aspire aspire for your children to be like rich or something like that. Put that yeah. in, right in the front. Hel but no, my daughter went right for the stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah, that's right. The, the string is long life. That's what I was right about the string. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the jewel. Yeah, yeah, for long life. So, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And it's, and, um, it's a great, uh, it's a great Kodak moment as well. It's, it's oh, yeah. the really great things, photos to show your kid as they get older. It's like, this yeah. is what, this was you on your first birthday. Yeah. Picking, picking the paintbrush or My daughter or whatever. That. She likes the video a lot. Yeah. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. A lot of good fun. Uh, I, I love those traditions and they're huge too. Some of them. Some of them are strange. I've been to a lot of strange ones where they have them in rented halls. Yeah, I've been and, to a couple of those. Yeah, and they hire singers and dancers to yes. come in. Yes, MCs. Bizarre. Yeah, yeah. the ones with the professional MCs. They have nothing to do with the family. No, no it's... relation. It's just bizarre, and yeah. that's modern. That's modern. You would not in the past. They would not have asked strangers to come in and yeah i'm glad we your, did your child's did. first birthday i think yeah, it was me did. i think it was me kind of pushing and also just the budget we had back in those days that we really went for the real traditional ways yeah, as we much as, as well. we could because we were looking for places venues to do it and then one of us suggested is there a way we can just do it at home and i really like it that we did it that way uh, same thing with our wedding i'm really glad we did a traditional wedding at the folk mm. village uh, it mm. was cheaper um but it was also just super memorable really fun and yeah. I, I think there was a lot more meaning in that and there's more mm. meaning in our home doujanshi i really yeah, we, like that we did it we did we uh did it at home as well and then the fall and it was just with uh uh 
my wife's parents, my in-laws, mm-hmm. yeah, and and uh, my my brother-in-law in his mm-hmm. family. That was it. Yeah, and, uh, us too. It was really small like that. Whoever could make the drive. Yeah. Right. And then the following week or something, we had we rented a uh, um, a where was it? At, I think Uno Chicago Grill. <gasps> oh, in, in, uh, the in, one the one in Ilsan. In Ilsan, yeah, I've been to Lef- that one. In, yeah, in, in Western Dome. Don't even know if it's still open. It's not. Um, it's not. I'm so, sure it's not. Um, so anyway, we we rented the the room out, the big party room, and um, and so we just had we we had a menu set and everything, and then oh. that was for all of our friends. We did that too. We did another one at our house, and it, that mm. was a very memorable party. Right. Really yeah. fun. We we lived in a tiny apartment out in Anyang and I was so it just moved me so much the people drove out from came out from Seoul to mm-hmm. our tiny little apartment. We didn't really have comfortable chairs. Everyone's sitting on the floor and we had the best parties sitting on the floor. It was. We we had good wine. A friend of mine made some toffee and we had all this food we just made and Mm. Um, just all these people together, and we never. This group never ever got together again in the same form. It was just so fun, right? So fun. Right. People, yeah. people, just um, yeah. And th- th- I invited a lot of people, and some people showed up that I didn't think would ever make the the journey out to visit me. So it meant it to this day, and this was over ten years ago. To this day, that still is special to me. It means mm-hmm. so much to me. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know anything else to say about the first birthday. I think that I'm done. Yeah, yeah. That's a anyway massive. But we're not done with the episode. No, not done with the episode, but a massive. Anyway, that's still a very, very massive fun uh, celebration. The first birthday. Yeah. The door. Um. So a few minutes ago, I talked about uh, a deity. I said I was going to mention a deity. Yeah, that during the first three weeks on the on the uh, the seventh, fourteenth, and twenty first day, yes, after a child was born, oh, there are ritual tables and whatnot set up for a certain deity, and this is the child bearing deity, the chi- child bearing god uh-huh. uh, called the Samshin, uh, and the Samshin is a household deity, uh, and the household deities are. In Korean folk religion, the deities that live in your house. Mm-hmm. So there's the Sungju, which is the central deity that lives in the center beam, the Maru of your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the Jowang, which is the the kitchen deity, and then there's the Chukshin, the the evil evil deity that inhabits your bathroom. Uh, that's yeah. that's that we talked about talked about her in a previous episode. Is there a deity uh, that that you know you're having one of those days when inanimate objects don't cooperate with you? Is there a deity that's in charge of that one? Yeah, maybe I'm trying to make coffee a, and just just coffee grounds get everywhere and and you know you might you know I close the refrigerator door and it doesn't close all the way. Yeah, that's the deity of um, that's the deity of uh, uh, klutz being a klutz no but you just have those days <laughs> when nothing it just feels like every inanimate object is going is having its um terminator moment where it's skynet moment where it's just rebelling against you <laughs> i have no idea no i don't think so no? All right. <laughs> just so, me 
but the the samshin is the the deity of childbearing uh and it's usually considered female although there are some traditions that that say that it's a male but in a lot of ways that the thinking is that it makes more sense that it's female because it's related to giving birth yeah um and it's often considered to be a grandmother a very loving caring grandmother mm -hmm. so it oversees birth and growth so it oversees the growth of a child so it's kind of the the uh the god or the goddess that oversees the healthy growth of a child so especially in those first three weeks on those seven the seventh 14th and 21st day giving uh ritual tables offerings to the the goddess to the samshin mm -hmm. is considered very important because it protects your child mm -hmm. what's other what's also interesting is that in some traditions it's said that the samshin can be the spirit of a past ancestor so not a centralized deity that just exists everywhere yeah that's... specifically it can the samshin a, a past ancestor like your grandmother or your that great grandmother makes, that's, that's more comforting that's right yeah and helping you in the racing that back more to, uh, back again to the the ideal of the idea of community and the mm. communal idea of of helping to raise a child so uh and especially on the birthday when the child is born there are worship rituals and ceremonies for the samshin so obviously that involves food mm -hmm. so the key foods that you give it are miyako which is the seaweed seaweed soup which yep. the mothers also dr uh, also drink eat soup yeah yeah uh rice and clean fresh water especially if the water's just just recently been drawn from a well mm. that's very important uh as well so um and then there is the like i said the tradition of the mother also drinking miyako the seaweed soup or sea mustard right the sea mustard soup mm -hmm. you call it um uh, the mother drinks that because it's considered to be full of nutrients and yeah and all that kind of stuff good for helping her get her strength back iron yeah. uh and helping to produce breast milk how long did your wife eat the miyako uh i guess like daily having for, it until when uh probably like the first three weeks three months for us oh is that right she i don't was, think it was that long she was just eating it all the time and, and breakfast lunch and dinner and snack we, we had we had the actual dried miyok in the house a lot of it and mm. yeah i'm not sure if you know but miyok a lot of it together smells oh well makes sense it, yeah it smells like a ferret <laughs> you ever smelled a ferret no i haven't i all have right. not smelled you ever smell like smelled. okay well if you never smell a ferret it smells like dirty balls <laughs> okay okay well all right <laughs> and <laughs> we just we just lost our pg rating just now thank you joe <laughs> um but no seriously because we were in a tiny apartment and I was like, where's that smell? What is that awful smell that it smells like a ferret? 
Is that my dirty balls? <laughs> <laughs> well, there it is. You know, we're getting that, and and um, I try to sm- trying to smell it, and I tracked it down to the stash of milk that my wife was um, collecting, and just so much of it, and and our house smelled like that for a year. Wow. Yeah. No, I don't think she had it for that long. Mm. Uh, I don't think she likes it enough to to con- just to drink to oh, drink see, it that off yeah, that much yeah um and i've made it for her and she says don't make it for me anymore she's made herself sick of it it's, no so, no she just doesn't want she doesn't like my version oh i see okay. so it's important too to note then with that talking about it is that people koreans still traditionally will have miyakuk on their birthday mm-hmm. and it's supposed to give the idea of uh remembering the 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 sacrifice of the mother, the pain that she experienced and things like that. The pain, it's very important. The pain that your mother went through eating Miyakuk. <laughs> the pain Joe went through <laughs> having to smell Miyakuk for three months. Um, uh, this is my but, joke. It's like, it's like, why do you, why do you eat Miyakuk for your mother to, to remember your mother? It's like, because it reminds us of the pain, the, the pain of your mother having to eat Miyakuk. Yes, I know <laughs> for three months. <laughs> You know, I like miyakuk, but I, I I like it in small doses. Yeah, I yeah like it. I wouldn't I wouldn't eat it every day. Or I could I could eat other Korean foods every day, but yeah, me too. I, I probably only eat that on my birthday, or like on my oh, my wife has it. Sometimes we'll you know we'll have it together on her birthday and my daughter, but my daughter mm-hmm. doesn't like it. So, you ever had misangigook? No, I don't think so. Okay, so this is where we're different. Is I like mesangiguk, which is a different type of seaweed soup. My okay. wife doesn't like it because I, I introduced mm. her to it. It's a type of deep ocean water seaweed you get off of the southern coast. Mm-hmm. And first time I had it was at a Mokpo Jolado style restaurant, and it blew me away. I like mm. it. It's um, on the surface it looks like algae, like really slimy. Okay. But you look closely, it's actually threads. It's little threads like cotton candy. Mm-hmm. And the flavor is just not like milk. It's milk to me is like fishy, minerally. It's it's like it's like copper to me. I, I don't uh this but the uh missing is uh like clean salt water. Clean okay. clean oceany beach. It's, it's it feels refreshing it's very refreshing if you can get past the texture it's really good stuff anyway mm-hmm. i'm distracting you by talking about food and <laughs> bring bring food up yeah. joe, joe will talk all night <laughs> yeah. um so anyway yeah so that that's the the samshin the samshin the very important deity of, mm-hmm. of childbearing and child rearing as well in, in a lot of uh, uh views especially the immediately after the first few weeks after the child's born mm-hmm. um but another household deity that's related to children that's considered quite important is called the char ryung that is difficult for a western tongue to say an english yes. yes i still find it difficult to kind of just if i'm speaking korean and i have to say that word i'll i'll stutter i'll uh yes it's a liet you young so ryung ryung so yeah uh so household deity that's related to children 
But what's particularly important is that it it's supposed to keep children peaceful. And mm. it, it gives peace. And how to successful them. is that? Well, <laughs> this the this is the interesting thing. It's supposed to be peaceful for the children, but also for the home. But the worship traditions of the Chilyung is uh or the, the worships are the traditions are very very strict yeah so but they're also very regional as well this isn't something you'll find all around uh, korea in folk history but um the traditions are very very strict to the point where if you stop worshiping the god it, it will result in misfortune you know bring mm. misfortune onto the child or onto the home itself so once you start worshiping the Chilyung, you have to keep doing it. No oh boy. Its shrine has to be set up in a nice clean place. You have to keep following, observe the, the rites and the rituals for it, and it will keep your child peaceful. Okay. Stop stop doing that and then no good. And then if you uh and if your children get um <laughs> so get out of line and they're not Everything exactly how it's required. So it's a basically it's a deity with OCD. <laughs> That's right. It's like no, that apple wasn't put in the right spot. Boom, yeah. chicken pox. Boom, smallpox. So, um, so but if your child gets out of line, you know what they would do, Joe? What would they do? They would sell the child. <gasps> oh my! <laughs> there is a ritual called Palgi, which literally means child selling but it's not what you think it is okay <laughs> it's not actually selling a child not going to the market saying kids for sale get your kids here yeah it's not what they were doing i mean what, the, who would want to buy a child that someone else was selling well yeah a misbehaving are, child we, i want to yeah i want to buy a misbehaving child <laughs> we could probably do a, a, a pretty sad shocking episode and something like that though oh, um, sure. trafficking right sure. so yeah but this isn't what it actually is child selling or the palgi means providing a pseudo foster parent for your child and i say pseudo foster parent because the foster parent doesn't actually raise the child it doesn't go and live with the foster parent. And sometimes mm -hmm. the foster parent is a location. It isn't actually a human. Okay. Or it could it could even be a god or a oh. deity. So the idea of the the I palgi, child selling, is that if the if your child is weak, uh is prone to sickness, it, it's ill, uh, or for some reason it's believed it won't live to be very long. Mm -hmm. It'll live to be very old. It won't live very long. Uh, it's given to this foster parent. And this is a ritual where the family chooses something that's considered auspicious and powerful. Mm -hmm. So it could be a monk, could be a shaman, could be a deity. So it could be the Samshin itself. Uh, or it could be a natural object like a mountain. Or if there's a great tree that you know about in your village, you have this ritual where these things or these people become kind of a spiritual foster parent to the mm -hmm. child. 
And then the hope is that by doing so, the child's life, even if it is short, can be happy as it possibly can be. Or the ultimate hope is that its lifespan will be extended mm. and it won't be ill. Uh, and it could event generally the idea is that the hope is that it will reverse the misfortune of the child. So it's, it's uh, a, it's a foster parent that is not a real human being. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it you, could, but like I said, it could be a monk or a shaman as well. You're describing a fairy godmother. <laughs> yeah, basically if it's a deity yeah it falls it falls within those lines but also like i said it's an it could be just a location it could be a, a whole mountain so in that regard then if it's the mountain it's actually more of the sanchin the uh, mountain deity the mountain uh, god i get it right so yeah and this is the ipalgi so this is something that people really uh believed in and, and uh put their hope into folk belief they put their hope into in times past mm. so that it was generally done before the age of seven uh, sometimes right after the child was born if it if the baby was very sickly not in good condition and they were very worried about the well-being of the child they might perform the the proper ritual uh to to get the the uh, to perform the ipalgi to get the the foster parent and uh, or up until like the eight, like five or six seven years old and so very interesting cultural idea related to folk beliefs that just doesn't exist anymore mm -hmm. so but another interesting thing also something that isn't done anymore yeah uh, I guess it's not done anymore. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming yeah. most people. I'm assuming most people don't do this anymore. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell me if you've done this. Uh, what did you do with the placenta? I don't even remember the placenta at all. No, nope. uh, the doctors really try to shield everything away from me. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I cut the cord. Yeah, I did that. I, I don't remember much about the placenta coming. I remember that it was coming out, but they wouldn't let me see it. I saw it. No. Um, it, yeah, it was fine. It was just, I don't know. It's natural. It didn't bother me. Um, our doctor was, didn't, yeah, I don't know. She didn't seem to really worry about that. Um, did you, and I remember cutting the, um, the umbilical cord. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when I was cutting it, it took like three cuts. Oh, really? No. Mine was, was, like, was nice and smooth. I was like, geez, I was like, geez this, is, this is tough. And it reminded me of Gokjang. <laughs> oh, it's like, yeah, it is like Gokjang. <laughs> yeah. yeah what, what, did they give, what, did they give you the safety scissors or something? Yeah, I, that's what <laughs> I was thinking too. It's like, geez, th these are... I, what I think it was, in my mind... I knew it wasn't going to hurt my wife or, or my baby, uh, but I was being delicate and I was like, okay, oh God, these are scissors and I'm cutting into, into really into this line that's connecting I the two like, people I, lo I love most. And then done I was like, oh. fast, I was fast. Just get it done. No, I remember I cut it first time I cut it. Did it like it, I could, it, it, there was a little slice second time. I was about halfway through. And then third time was third time was the charm. Hmm. Um, but anyway, in times past, people considered the the placenta very sacred. Mm -hmm. the um, The umbilical cord as well, but but oh, we still do. We still still consider the umbilical cord sacred. The people dry them out. 
right? Dry them out and um, you could put them in a special stamp or a pen or something. Uh, they're, they're, the Stand. Com- mm-hmm. they're the studios that uh, go crazy with all these photo packages. And I'm glad we did the ones we did. The beautiful photos of our child and f- photos of uh, the last month of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the packages they offered was uh, the umbilical cord like floating in some fluid. And it was in something like a stamp, I think. So it was some object that you would actually use every day. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and with with a, an umbilical cord they offered. We didn't. I don't think we got that. I don't think. Yeah. We yeah, we did. We have a small piece of the umbilical cord that's in a book. That's yeah. it's uh, it's, yeah. it's it's in um, it's in it's in pla- it's in a plastic casing. It's, dry, it's all dried out. We do that in the West too, though. We do yeah. Keep oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Dry. Sure. Yeah. Um, but in times past, the placenta itself was considered far more sacred. But with with the umbilical cord as well. Mm-hmm. But there was a ritual that that was called uh, teche. And it can be described as the kind of the ushering away of the of the placenta or the sending away of the placenta, mm-hmm. but not not in a negative way because mm-hmm. the because it was considered very sacred. So it was a very strict cultural ritual, uh-huh. a folk ritual at the time. So the placenta would be wrapped and it would be stored. Uh, usually near the shrine for the Samshin, mm. for the, the god, the deity of child rearing and okay. child bearing. And, uh, and it would be done so very carefully because it, it was so sacred. You had to care for it. Um, but it wouldn't be kept. It would have to be removed in some way. Uh, in the same way where, where mammals, uh, other, other mammals will eat the placenta yeah, uh, humans don't do that. No, we, of course, but, but we have cultural ideas depends. that you'll find some YouTube videos. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, um, but you have to get rid of it anyway, of course, because it's just you know you can't have it lying around. You have to do something with it. Yeah. So um, they would wrap it and store it very carefully, like I said, near near the shrine to the to the samshin, and the best way that they would often get rid of it would be burning it. Mm. And uh, after it was burned, the ashes would either be washed away or they'd be buried. So, but the process of burning it was very, very delicate. Uh, Someone had to guard it at all times while it was burning. Mm -hmm. And of course it wouldn't be the mother because she just gave birth and it wouldn't be her closest caregivers, which, because that would probably, you know, that'd be like her mother uh, yeah. Her grandmother, her sister, or something, her aunt, or something like that, would be caring for her. Uh, it would be somebody else, um, and they would um, they'd have to guard it because placentas would be stolen. And the reason really? they'd, be, they'd be stolen because, as I said, they were considered sacred, so they were believed to have these uh, curative powers, and they would be used in medicine. I was going to say they'd be at the face shop or something or some type of face pack. <laughs> That's right. No, it'd be for it. Cause they were thought they'd cure like smallpox or something like uh, that. 
but also they would make concoctions that would uh, that were believed to induce pregnancy. So if a mother knew that their neighbor was having the baby and she's like, oh, God, I've been trying for years to have a baby. Why can't I get pregnant? She'd wait around and try to steal the placenta mm. and then have it turned into this concoction. She'd consume it. And the idea was that she then would obtain the, the, the sacred powers of the placenta and oh, then my. hopefully get pregnant herself. So that's part of the folk medicine that was linked to it and directly to the idea that it was sacred. Um, so it would be guarded while it was burning. There was also the, the danger of it being pulled pulled away and eaten by animals. Yeah. So that had to be uh, a concern. And um, they had to also be very careful of it being damaged in any way. Yeah. So it... it, it it was the placenta was cared for just as much as the baby was so it wouldn't they they couldn't damage it by if it was stolen if it was taken by an animal mm-hmm. or if it was damaged in in any way it was believed that the baby would then suffer misfortune perhaps for the whole, for the rest of its life for its entire life it would suffer misfortune and no, I would have done that. I would have been that type of father and mess it up. <laughs> so the and then the the baby, the newborn, was called the Teju. So you had to avoid giving misfortune to the Teju, to the mm. newborn. So you had to take the greatest of care of the placenta. Uh, but there were other taboos surrounding the burning of the placenta. Uh, whoever was guarding it couldn't blow on the fire and they couldn't warm themselves by the fire oh man that sucks they couldn't complain couldn't make any complaints they had to be very very careful they had to follow a lot of very strict rules and they a key thing too is that the placenta had to be burned completely that was very very important it had to be ash the entire thing had to be gone that was very significant. So it would be sometimes buried. Uh, and if it was buried, it'd be buried preferably under a, a very healthy tree. Mm. Because then the idea was that the child would grow tall and strong like the tree. Mm. So very significant. Folk that, idea that, there. That, I like that one. I like that yeah. One. Um, but also when they dispose of the remains of the placenta and even when they are preparing for the the ushering away of it the teche the burning of it it would have to be inconspicuous so it would be often done like very early morning uh, or late at night usually uh, the idea of people looking at the placenta was not a good idea Mm -hmm. similar to what you were saying earlier where they couldn't look at the baby can't see the baby for for a little while so the placenta was given that same kind of uh, sacred sacred respect that the baby was. So, uh, now that was generally the methods of the Teche observed by commoners, uh, but the nobility and people of the upper crust, the aristocracy and whatnot, they would enshrine placentas. And uh, this is still very popular. You can see them all around Korea. The 
the placentas of King Sejong's 18 sons are still on display. Wow. You can go visit them. But our friend Sejo, our buddy Sejo, destroyed a few of those. Yeah, he's kind of like a scar from Lion King. (laughs) Right, right. So everyone go back and listen to our... Wait, did we do a Sejo episode? Yes, we've done two. Yes, right. Yes, that's good. That's good. I was getting confused with Sado for a minute. I was like, we did Sado. We did. See, we're a year in now, and I'm, I'm starting to lose track of all the episodes oh, that we've boy. done. So I always got to look back at the list. So you can go see, like I said, the the enshrined placentas of King Sejong's 18 sons if you're if you're interested. So yeah, that's a very I I find that fascinating. Th- those folk ideas are very fascinating, especially the 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 way it's it was followed by commoners always more interesting to me mm-hmm. than than the the nobility um and then just to kind of wrap up there are a lot of mystical births Ooh. in korea um and of course the idea of a mystical birth supernatural birth is everywhere every religion has it there are supernatural births of Buddha, of Jesus, um, so many other uh, key deities from from around the world. So a couple in uh, a couple that are important or interesting anyway in Korean tradition. Uh, going back to the sixth century, there is a man named Bi Hyung. Bi Hyung uh, had a pretty normal birth. But it was more his conception that was interesting because his mother was a commoner, but his father was a ghost. Ooh. And he was the ghost of King Jinji, a pretty, pretty kind of nasty king at that time. Um, so not a birth, but a conception. Uh, Bihyung, the, the half ghost prince, essentially, mm-hmm. of, of the Shula dynasty. Uh, go to the 7th century, we have Wanhyo, uh, Master Wanhyo, the great monk. Uh, it is said that when he was born, the sky was covered in multicolored clouds that gave sign to the earth that a great monk had just been born. And he has a conception tale as well. Uh, in some of the, the, the stories, it's mm. said that his mother dreamed of a shooting star entering her bosom oh. one night, and she realized that she she was pregnant, similar to uh, Buddha's mother, uh, Shakyamuni's mother, dreaming of a white elephant entering her side. Very, very uh, common mythical, uh, maybe even Buddhist uh, conception story. Uh, go ahead uh, later to uh, the founder of. Uh, uh, to the ninth century, to the founder of Taebong, the late Goguryeo, Gungae, Gungae, uh, the king Gungae. It was said that when he was born, rainbows were arched over his house. And not only that, he was born with a full set of teeth. Oh wow! I'm that's, sure, that wasn't fun for his mother. Great. Yeah, that was not Ouch. fun for his mom. Yeah, and some other stories say that he was born with scales. So I'm not sure how his parents would have felt about that either. But those are 
ideas that indicate that he was mature, wise, in even at, at the time of his birth. Go ahead, also in the ninth century, Kyung Huan, uh, founder of the late Pekje, the Hu Pekje. His mother had contact with a man who turned into a snake. And when I say contact, I mean intercourse with oh. a man who turned himself into a snake. Oh. Uh, and that was his conception story. His birth stories are pretty normal. Uh, but also, after he was born, it is said that he drank tiger's milk, not his mother's milk. And that really uh, kind of conceptualizes that he was fierce and great and powerful. And then go to the 16th century. There is a birth legend behind everyone's favorite Korean Admiral Isun Chin. Oh. So the great admiral who uh, pretty much is responsible for Korea's victory or Chosun's victory over uh, post-feudal Japan. Uh, it is said that his father killed an Imugi. Now, an Imugi was a serpent, a giant monster, often considered to be a sea serpent. And from the corpse, two butterflies sprouted out. And then later, uh, two sons were born. One had really strange, evil, shifty eyes, and the other had very calm eyes. So the father was pretty worried about the one with shifty eyes, the baby with shifty eyes, so the father killed the baby. The one with very calm eyes turned out to be Yi Sun Shin, the hero of the Imjin War. And that's it. Those are some mystical births. How about you, Joe? What happened when you were born? Um, my mom was eating Wheaties when she... <laughs> uh, no, she tells me that story every year. I was just trying to... I was looking up. I was trying to remember if... Uh, there weren't there some, you win. Weren't you there, win. Like, weren't there any mythologies around North Korean leaders' births? Oh, that's good. Oh, yes. I, I didn't I even think about that. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was it... Um, oh, Kim Jong-il Kim... must be... Yeah. It's like... Uh, he was born on Mount Bekdu, mm, right? A sacred mountain. That's the only one that I know. Yeah, um, and, I'm sure uh, there are some around Kim Il Sung. His birth as well. was his birth was heralded by a swallow, and caused winter to change to spring and a star to illuminate in the sky, and that is known as the day of the shining star. I'm starting to sound like the newscaster from North Korea. <laughs> it is the day of the of the shining star. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about those. Yeah, so yeah. those are cult of personality myths. Yeah, that that yeah. that spring up around people like this, uh, from Buddha to Jesus, Bi Young, Wanyo, yeah, and Isun Shin. Yeah, you turn them into folk heroes or religious icons like the leaders of North Korea, the, the Kim dynasty of North, of North the, Korea, the dynasty. Yeah. Yep. But you win your mom, your mom was eating Wheaties. Yep. Breakfast mm. of champions. Yeah. The day I was born, it was really warm. So I was born in March. Uh-huh. And March is usually not warm. It's anywhere. never warm where you came from. <laughs> it's nice in the summer. It's <laughs> nice. It's barbecue weather. Um, but uh, but the day I was born, uh, it was really unseasonably warm. 
that's I'm not saying that means anything, uh, but um, that's what I remember my my mom saying. Ah, uh, yeah, it was really warm the day I was born. Okay, so you had the the day of unusual warmth. <laughs> we'll call your birthday. Yours is the day of the day of cereal. Day of Wheaties. At least it was yeah. Wheaties, though. God, the Wheaties. It was great. Wheaties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good stuff. <laughs> Every year, Joe. <laughs> Forty-seven yeah. years ago today, I was eating Wheaties. <laughs> yeah. We'll return to the podcast after this message. Take a walk down the dark alleys of the forgotten 600 year history of bloody massacres. See the hideaways and morning ghosts. Come face to face with souls' deepest, darkest secrets. What lies under the concrete? Or who? The dark side of soul ghost walk. But now, if you dare. <laughs> okay, so just quick, uh, yeah. no, go ahead. No, no, God, no, no. no, no. Um, no so God. I have a few, just a few horror movies that are related to birthdays or have like birthday scenes in them. Okay, uh, just real quick, I'll run through the line. The most famous one is The Omen. That uh, famous, yeah. that famous opening scene when Damien's at Damien's birthday party, and the nanny, Damien, it's all for you. Mm. She jumps in the window and kills herself hangs herself um so the omen uh happy birthday to me that's a oh. really shitty movie everyone should go see that uh <laughs> and uh demons 2 i love demons 2 demons 2 is great it's one of my favorite uh one of my favorite b movie ho- b horror movies uh-huh. it's just so so much fun so much fun it's great uh madhouse another terrible film you should go check that one out it's a slasher movie uh and spookies Spookies is a great bad movie. A lot of fun. Um, and they're, they're all like from the 70s and early 80s. Mm. The Omens from the 70s and the, the other ones are... The Omen these? is like 76 or something. I think. We're not doing watch parties now, are we? No, I did show... Uh, I on the I, uh, I did Demons 2 and Spookies when I was doing the watch parties. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, and so yeah so check out those movies those are good fun uh, most of those the omen's the only one that's actually really good like a great a very well done film mm-hmm. the other ones are just b-movie garbage but they're excellent <laughs> great fun i also um, you know what else is good fun what's up? listener mail listener mail is good fun um and I'm thinking now that I may have actually uh, read this one already. Um, I yeah, think I made a mistake. That, that looks very familiar. Yeah, I think I did this one already. So we're gonna have to skip listener mail for because uh, I I copied the wrong note. Sorry. <laughs> Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> Birthdays. But in place of the fun. listener mail, in place of listener mail, thank you to everyone who made the first year pretty impressive for us like joe no one's more impressed than joe and i i think yeah um, with this first year we're still going through yeah we actually did well very well yeah fascinating i'm I'm usually the skeptic because i've done so many projects that fizzled and see what's on Mm. some of them that work it's great right yeah yeah um 
also remind um well we we want to thank uh Sarak-san for making the music for our show you can find them on Bandcamp under jeju digital uh we also we want to thank our top tier patrons angel earl joel bonamini jamie staley sharon cullen devin hifner and minsuk lee for uh helping us for supporting our show if you want to join this lustrous group you can go to patreon.com slash dark side of soul and it's starting at just five dollars a month five dollars a month that's like a cup of coffee you can mm-hmm. really support the show and you get extra stuff yeah, it's yes. great it's great that's all I got you got anything uh Go get our comic at Dice Latte or directly from us. I know you're yeah. going. I know they've heard the advert already, but yeah. uh, I'm just going to say it again. All right. Another big thing that happened to us last year: the podcast and the comic. Yeah, and the comic makes mm. a good birthday gift. That's right. Exactly. There you go. If you're looking for birthday gifts. If anyone's birthday's coming up, get them the Dark Side of Soul. And with that, stay spooky. Good night. Mm-hmm.